The Bible Study Podcast, episode 486. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Proverbs with chapter 24. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. First of all, for those of you who are listening to this in real time, Happy New Year as I'm recording this on New Year's Eve 2016. We're going to continue on with Proverbs, and we're going to first finish off the 30 sayings of the wise with sayings 20 through 30, and then we're going to get into some further sayings of the wise. Proverbs chapter 24 goes like this, saying 20, do not envy the wicked, do not desire their company, for their hearts plot violence, and their lips talk about making trouble. It's easy sometimes to be envious of what people have without thinking about the cost incurred in getting it and just how they went about doing that, and that sometimes we should think carefully about whether that's really the kind of person we want to be. Saying 21, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. This is one of those many sayings in a series that talk about the benefits of wisdom. And it's talking about benefits of wisdom here being that wisdom builds value. Wisdom builds a life of value, and in this case, builds actually a life of monetary value. That if we approach life wisely, it can be easier to get by. It can be easier to make a living. It can be easier to accumulate good things. Now, there's other things. There are other places in Proverbs that talk about the accumulation of stuff, but let's leave that one there. Saying 22, the wise prevail through great power, and those who have knowledge muster their strength. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Again, the benefits of wisdom, this time talking about the strength of wisdom itself. There may be brute force, but there's also strength in wisdom. And that wisdom can help you prevail in difficult situations, including, in this case, war. Saying 23, wisdom is too high for fools. In the assembly at the gate, they must not open their mouths. I think of the saying that says, better to keep your mouth closed and be thought a fool than to open it and confirm all doubts. We will often indicate how wise or how foolish we are with what we say. Saying 24, whoever plots evil will be known as a schemer. The schemes of folly are sin, and people detest a mocker. The writer of Proverbs certainly has something against mockers, people who don't build stuff, they just like to make fun of what other people build. And also against a schemer. Now, it's interesting, what's the difference between a planner, which Proverbs is all about, and a schemer? Well, I think what we hear here is the schemes of folly are sin. That a scheme is something that isn't just a well-thought-out plan. It's a well-thought-out plan that is, in some sense, immoral or unrighteous. And whoever plots evil will be known as a schemer, that, that other people will brand them with that and will treat them appropriately. Saying 25, if you falter in time of trouble, how small is your strength? Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering toward slaughter. If you say, but we know nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? There are times in our lives that are difficult. 
And it's saying here that we shouldn't falter in those times, that we build up our strength, we build up our knowledge in the good days, in the days when things are not a struggle and when people are not being led away to death. Here it's talking about two It's not that we're being led away to death. It's that we're called to rescue those being led away to death, to hold back those staggering towards slaughter, to step into a difficult situation and bring rescue and bring relief. And that you can't just say, well, we knew nothing about this. This isn't our problem. Or how are we to know that God who guards our life knows what we have done, but also in this case knows what we have left undone. Saying number 26, eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Again, the benefits of wisdom, and in this case, the sweetness of wisdom, how good wisdom is, comparing it to the sweetness of the honeycomb. Remember, this is a time without refined sugar, when they just can't go to the store and pick up a five-pound pack of sugar. And so honey is one of those rare and amazing tastes that is very different because of its sweetness and saying that that is like the benefits of wisdom. Saying 27, do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. Do not plunder their dwelling place. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. What's implied here but not said is that God is keeping an eye out for the righteous and will help them rise up again, right? Even though they fall seven times, they rise again. And so that's why we shouldn't lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. This place is protected. It's like having one of those security signs in front. This house is protected by ADT security, except in this case, he's saying this house is protected by the mighty hand of God. Saying 28, do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from them. Schadenfreude, the joy in the suffering of others, is not something really recommended here. It's not something that we should be doing, taking joy in someone's fall. In the same way that we should be stepping in to help rescue those in trouble, we should be in the business of, we should be in the business of building people up and not tearing them down or even taking joy in them being torn down. Even if they're our enemy. Think about the person who you respect the least at this point. Now, just past an election, it might be someone who either was on one side of the election, the opposite side that you were on. If that person, if bad things happen to that person, we're not to take joy in it. Instead, we should be praying that God will work in their lives and be working to bring good to and through them whichever side of the divide you are on, whoever you may consider your enemy, we should be praying that God will be working. Saying number 29, do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked for the evildoer has no future hope and the lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out. Again, easy to envy the wicked, easy to envy the evildoer, easy to envy the person who gets away with it. Easy to envy the person who has what we think we want and they got it through all the wrong ways. And it's saying, careful, careful, because they are on a path that goes nowhere. Don't get on that path following what they're doing. 
saying, 30, fear the Lord and the king, my son, and do not join with rebellious officials, for those two will send sudden destruction on them. And who knows what calamities they can bring. Of course, Proverbs is generally considered the sayings of Solomon, except those places where it is not, where it's specifically specified as not being that. So it's easy for Solomon to say, fear the king, because Solomon was the king. But there is a theme of that through the Bible, that we should be praying for those in authority. Paul says it in the book of Romans, even though Paul is talking about the emperor Nero, probably, the one who will eventually have him executed, the one who is no friend of Christians. But if Paul can pray for him, we too can pray for the king or the president or the prime minister or the parliament or the government or the judges or the Congress and not join in rebellious officials. So what do you do? And this is something that Christians have wrestled with over time. This is something that the writer Dietrich Bonhoeffer dealt with when he was living in Hitler's Germany. When do you oppose an unrighteous ruler. And he had to make a decision, when do you even support people who are trying to kill him? A very difficult thing for Christians, because places like this in the Bible talk about the king being set up by God and that we should support them. And yet, obviously, we are also called, as it said before, to speak out and to act in the name of justice. And so both of those things are tensions that we should be aware of. Continuing on, we have further sayings of the wise. I don't know why these didn't get lumped into the 30, but here they are. And these are the sayings of the wise. To show partiality in judging is not good. Whoever says to the guilty you are innocent will be cursed by peoples and denounced by nations. But it will go well with those who convict the guilty and rich blessings will come on them. Especially think about this if you're a judge, that how bad it is, how evil it is to know that someone is guilty and set them free. And obviously the reason you do that is would be a bribe under the table or something like that, to show partiality, meaning to not act in the name of justice. And again, we are all called to act in the name of justice, but some have power because of what kind of office they have that gives them even more authority, but also then even more responsibility. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. I like that one. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. It is a gift. An honest answer is something that is a gift and should be treasured as such. They're a little more rare than we would like. Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. If you're in an agrarian society, then planting your fields is the one thing you can't put off. You can't say, well, I'll wait and I'll do that in the winter. Right? You have to make sure that you're doing all the things that need to be done first, first. Not the things you want to do or the things that will make you comfortable. And I think really for us, this is just do the first things first. Do not testify against your neighbor without cause. Would you use your lips to mislead? Do not say, I'll do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. And of course, this is a twisted version of the golden rule, which we're given by Jesus, which is do unto others as you wish they would do unto you instead of as they have done unto you. So called to be honest, because remember, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. And then the last section here, I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed. I learned a lesson from what I saw. 
A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. You got to do the work. You got to do the work that needs to get done, and you got to do the important things first. The book of Proverbs being one of the first productivity books out there. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.